Here is Pastor Ed Taylor. Some of you are trying real hard to fit into this world. You're living like the world, but you won't be accepted. You'll be frustrated. It's enough in your hearts today to settle a wholehearted commitment to follow God. You'll never, ever experience and enjoy the peace of God when you have one foot in the world and one foot in the church where you pick and choose how you'll live. Please be careful as this goes out on the radio as well. Be careful. What I'm not ascribing to you is that you follow a list of rules and regulations that your church gives you. No, I'm asking you to abide in Christ. He will give you the direction of your life. This is amazing grace. When times are tough, it's a good time for the Christian to remember that they've been personally chosen by God. And that's one of the reasons the Apostle Peter emphasized the election of God early on in his epistle. Today on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor focuses on the first couple of verses in 1 Peter in his message titled, Personally Chosen by God. Our citizenship is in heaven and not on earth. And don't be surprised, pilgrim, dispersed ones, if trouble meets you on this earth, if things get harder, not easier, and that you start, you start to long to go home. It's not escapist. We're not trying to take advantage. We just cry out from the depths of our heart as only believers can, Maranatha, even so, Lord, come quickly. Even so, Lord. Some of you, this is a word I believe from the Lord. It's very important to receive. Some of you are trying real hard to fit into this world. You're living like the world, but you won't be accepted. You'll be frustrated. It's enough in your hearts today to settle a wholehearted commitment to follow God. You'll never, ever experience and enjoy the peace of God when you have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, where you pick and choose how you'll live. Please be careful as this goes out on the radio as well. Be careful. What I'm not ascribing to you is that you follow a list of rules and regulations that your church gives you. No, I'm asking you to abide in Christ. He will give you the direction of your life. He will show you what is good and what's not. He will lead you on how. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. When's the last time you asked the Holy Spirit, lead me into truth? I need to know where to go and what to do. Help me. You said, Jesus, you promised me. I'm claiming the promise that you would send the Holy Spirit and he would lead me on into all truth. I need to be led into truth today. God will answer that prayer. You try to live like this world, sound like this world, participate in this world, you won't be accepted. Your gathering with the saints can't just be an exercise for you to deal with the guilt that you have for all the sin you've done all week. 
So you come to church on a Sunday, and you're going to worship. Yay, I love that song. Oh, I feel so much better. God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was such a horrible week. And then the moment you're outside of the building, you're right back into living for the things of this world. And you're right back into living for the devil. You know, don't, don't think that you can live for the de- like, like the devil and for the devil and not pay a price for that. And not experience the consequences. You sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. And it corrodes you from the inside out. And the pressure even more is to live like the world. But the Bible says to find your acceptance in the Lord among your brothers and sisters in Christ. Notice verse 2. He speaks to these pilgrims. They're in the dispersion. And notice what he says in verse 2. He says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. You are elect. Another way of saying that word is you are chosen by God. You are chosen by God. You know, for a fisherman, Peter, he tackles some heavy doctrines. By far one of the top five most argued about doctrines in all the Bible. The election of God and the free will of man. And so he jumps right into it. This is the second verse. It's the same breath. It's one sentence. You guys, I'm Peter. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you guys. All the ones, you know, the dispersion, the pilgrims. You're elect. Why would he say that? Why would, be, why would that be the first description Because there are times in trials and tribulations where we just wonder if we're saved. (laughs) We wonder, am I doing it right? Because if I'm doing it right, why am I suffering so much? And and am I in the right place? And am I doing the right thing? And we place this heavy burden upon ourselves. And so what does Peter say? He says, look, I know you guys are suffering. I know it's the worst you've ever experienced. I know you're on the run. I know you've lost everything. You're elect. God has chosen you. This is part of the package. You are chosen. Jot it down as a reference. You can jot it in your margins. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. So I don't want you to be tripped up by this. And I, I'd not in, don't, there's no need to get caught up in all the arguments and all the debates. This is a doctrine to receive and to be encouraged I've been chosen by God. The Bible speaks, Jesus himself says, you didn't choose me. Jesus says, I chose you. (laughs) Me? Yeah, I chose you. It's God's sovereign privilege to choose. And he did. How? Well, notice, he chose the only way he could by according to his foreknowledge. According to his foreknowledge, it's God's will to save based on who he knows will accept him. It's God's choice of us based upon his knowledge that we'll choose him. God knows the end from the beginning. Or you could say it this way. God knows all things. That's the doctrine of God's omniscience. There isn't anything that is to be known that God doesn't know. There's even a doctrine floating around. It's not so popular now, but it was a few years ago. 
uh, the idea that God's learning about things the same way you're learning about things and he doesn't know all things. Can you imagine serving a God that doesn't know more than you do? It's not biblical whatsoever. No, God knows all things and he chose us before the foundations of what he chose us according to his foreknowledge. There isn't one thing that God doesn't know or that God needs to learn. He knows the whole story before it's written. It's like being at a, at a parade. My favorite parade in the whole wide world. And one day I hope I, it's on. If, there was a, if I did have a bucket list, this would be on it. I want to go to the Rose Parade and I want to sit right there up front. And I want to watch that if, I, if we got great seats to sit there, spend the night, whatever we got to do to get the best seats at the Rose Parade in Pasadena, California, we would sit there and we would watch the floats go by one at a time. We might be able to see a little bit over here and we might be able to see it pass over there. But once it turns the corner here or it's over here, I won't be able to see anything back here, but I'll be able to watch it like we live life. We see what's in front of us and then we watch it pass or we might see a little bit coming. But if we were to just to go up in a hot air balloon or, or even in a crane and get up 100 feet, get up a couple hundred feet, we would be able to see the parade from beginning to end. We'd have different knowledge. We could get on a radio and start to say, oh, this is the way that the parade's going to go. It's going to be this float, and then the Honda float, and then it's going to be that float, even where the church I got saved in, Calvary Chapel Downey. Downey has a float. The city of Downey, California has a float in the Rose Parade every year. So we could say, well, it's the Honda float, and then it's the Kiwanis Club, and then there's the float from Downey there. And sometimes the children's ministry, they'll go and take kids, and they'll go put flowers on the float. If I was up just a little bit higher, if... If I had a different perspective, I would have a different attitude. <laughs> Are you guys with me? That's why an eternal perspective is so important. What is God's perspective? He knows all things. And that's how he makes his decisions. You and I, we don't know all things. And that's how we make our decisions. <laughs> Very differently. And that's where the bridge between what we don't know and what God knows, that's where our bridge, we bridge that gap by being men and women of the word. We bridge that gap by being men and women of prayer. We bridge that gap by being men and women with many counselors that help us point us to the Lord. Because what does that do? When we ask for biblical discipleship, when we ask for help for a pastor, when we call a radio show with a Bible question, when we email someone, when we text someone, and we wanna, we're asking for a new perspective. What is happening? What do I need to know? When you're praying about being, uh, and just for the 10 minutes we were praying, when you pray to ask God to make you a missionary, you are asking God to change you. And don't think for a moment he didn't answer that prayer. Because now you see the election is for what? Sanctification. That's the inward change of God that he does from the inside out. That's the process we're in. We learn this in Romans, that salvation has three parts to it. The moment we are saved, we are justified. So we have justification. God declares us saved. From the moment, that's a moment in time. That's an act. From the moment of justification begins a process of change. That's known as sanctification. And then when that sanctification is over and we're in the presence of the Lord, then we will enter into what is known as glorification. 
where we'll shed our old bodies and we'll have a new body and we'll be in the eternal state in the presence of God forever. So right now, all of us as born-again believers, we are being sanctified, set apart, changed, the work of God in us. And our part is, will we cooperate with him or will we not cooperate with him? And you say, Ed, what do you mean cooperate? Well, it's here in the text. We have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God for the sanctification of the Spirit of God in us. And what? Say it with me. For obedience. You were saved to obey God. That is the natural outcome of the work of God in you, is your obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, obey me. Keep my commandments. Do what I say for you to do. God knows the whole story before it's written so he can make these choices. Would you turn over to 1 Thessalonians? I know we haven't turned at all, but as we wind down today, can I give you a couple more verses on this? You see, as people get caught up in the arguments and they get caught up in all the theological back and forth and argumentation, they miss the whole point. The whole point is in the midst of suffering, would you please remember that God chose you? Would you please remember that he chose you according to his foreknowledge? He knows all about you and chose you anyway. Will you please remember that he's working on the inside of you, born again believer? That as you draw upon his resources, his burden, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he propels you moving forward. Check this out. In 1 Thessalonians, God knows and sees everything and chose us because of his foreknowledge that we would choose him. What an incredible doctrine. Check this out. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 4. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. This is a doctrine throughout the scriptures. God's sovereign privilege to choose you. How did he choose you? According to his foreknowledge. Notice. Knowing, beloved brethren, that your election by God, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you read through that, you might miss the significance of what's being taught here. It's the same theme of election and choosing. That's God. But now we also see, like we see back in Peter, who were chosen for obedience. Notice this. It says, you're going to always see these two in tension. In verse 4, it says, your election by God. But also notice verse 6, you received the word. God does the electing and the choosing. You and I, we do the receiving and the hearing. God's choice and your choice. They're always going to go together. God's choice and your choice. Nobody born again among us was born again against their will. Where you went to bed a heathen and you woke up and go, oh, I guess I'm, I guess I was born. I don't want to be a born again, but okay, God, I'll be born again. No, you participated. How did you participate? You repented of your sins. You received the word. You responded to the word. Yeah, but Ed, what about the doctrine of election? God chose you. And what did you do? You received the word. 
you obeyed the gospel. And you're always going to see these together. God's choice goes with you believing in him. Still not convinced? Consider this. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's God's part. So that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. That's your part. God's part, man's part. So the door is open. This is so good. The door to heaven, if you will, is open to whosoever. Anyone hearing my voice today, if you will come to Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, believing that he lived, died, and rose again, you will be saved. Anyone, whosoever will, let him come. You, you have God's part and you have man's part. In John chapter 3, verse 36, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. However, listen, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So the unbeliever is responsible for his or her own unbelief. It is not God's fault that you refuse to receive the word of God and repent of your sins. It will never be God's fault. So the door is open for you to believe and the door is open for you not to believe. That's the choice. If you believe, you're saved. If you don't believe, the wrath of God abides on you. Which leads us to the question. Have you ever wondered if you're chosen or not? <laughs> Did God really choose me? I don't really know. Well, I can settle it for you today. If you choose God, then you know God chose you. If you choose God tonight, you can leave here with the assurance that you are elect. And you go, well, did he just choose me right now? No, the Bible says that he chose you before the foundation of the world. If you choose him, then you know he chose you. The Bible never teaches. Please don't allow anyone to ever tell you this and don't receive it from them because the Bible never teaches that God chose some to be damned. That they never have a choice. God does not allow man to blame him for going to hell. No, God has done everything the opposite of that theology, that false teaching. God's sovereignty never tramples on man's free will. And by the way, they both exist. In Acts chapter 2, verse 23, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, that is man, God's sovereignty. And then notice, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death God's sovereignty and their free will working together. God has been, the, Jesus was delivered by the predetermined purpose of God, but you guys took him. Another one, Acts chapter 13, verse 48. That was Acts 2.23, in case it ever comes up. Acts 13, verse 48. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. So they received the word. And then look at the rest of the verse. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. God's sovereignty. They go together. God created us with a free will in order to have fellowship with someone. That's where real relationship exists in the give and take of our freedoms. God didn't make us robots. He didn't make us to just 
go through life with no emotion, no difficulties. No, we have real emotion. We're not simply controlled by fate or the fate of the world. God's sovereignty is flexible in operation as he adapts himself to the condition of human hearts. He condescends in order to love. And a lot of people have a problem with that, that God condescends in order to love. But don't have a problem with it. Just read the book of Philippians and watch how it describes how God came. Condescend means to come to our level. And how God came to our level as the eternal son took on a human body and lived for you and me. God came to our level to meet us where we were at. And that is the pattern of God. You're not here by accident or by mistake. And the trials that we're facing and that you're in personally, they're not there by mistake. The difficulties of life. This world is hard. It's difficult. And we learn just how deep we put ourselves into this world when we experience pain and heartache and when someone sins against us or we suffer the consequences of our own sin. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're chosen and elect by God. Come back to 1 Peter. He speaks of the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness. It's heavy stuff in just a couple verses, but it's so encouraging to us. The Spirit of God is sanctifying us and changing us, washing us by the Word and cleansing us from our sins, drawing us into obedience because we've been saved by the blood of the Lamb, not saved by our works or good deeds, We're not saved because God likes us more than the person sitting next to us. We're saved by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And one more thing, by the way. I want you to notice in verse 2 how the Trinity is involved in salvation. The Trinity is involved. You're elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. You're sanctified by God the Holy Spirit. For obedience in the sprinkling of blood of the Son, Jesus Christ. They're all here mentioned together, the Godhead, involved in your salvation, involved in your transformation, involved in your election. God is intimately involved in your life. And He loves you and knows the trials and difficulties you're facing right now. Let alone the trials and difficulties of just being a citizen of earth. And he writes to us, as we'll see in the following weeks, encouragement and strength. Because he says at the end, grace to you, the typical opening, grace to you and peace be multiplied in the midst of your problem and in the midst of your pain. May the grace of God be yours and the peace of God be yours. That is Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And today's message from 1 Peter goes by the title of Personally Chosen by God. If you joined us late or would just like to hear this message again, turn to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Or you can listen through our app, too. Search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play. We're also on Apple Podcasts. And if you take a brief moment to write or call, that would make our day. Let us know the station you're listening to and if today's study was a blessing to your life. We'd also love to pray for you. You can email us through our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com by clicking on Contact. Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. 
And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Suffering is Never for Nothing by Elizabeth Elliot. Maybe you never realized this before, but there is a link between suffering and love. God's love for us is evidenced in the sending of Jesus to carry our sins on the cross. He faced the ultimate pain of suffering, but through it all, won the victory on our behalf. This truth has led Elizabeth to say, whatever is in the cup that God is offering me, whether it be pain and sorrow and suffering and grief, along with the many more joys, I'm willing to take it because I trust him, because suffering is never for nothing. Request a copy today by calling 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. You can also order it through our e-store at calvaryco.store. You know, your generosity helps us provide the teaching of God's Word on stations all across the nation. We're constantly hearing from listeners that have been helped and are growing by God's abounding grace. Thank you for standing with us. Making a donation to the ministry is easier than ever through our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. There's much more to come in Pastor Ed Taylor's study of 1 Peter. We'll see you back here tomorrow on Abounding Grace when we'll dig deeper into chapter 1. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.